These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I don't know how many weeks it's been since he played and he comes out banging. You know, he goes on his rehab assignment and hitting the ball all over the park, uh, you know, in AAA, and then he shows up here and he just, these are the kinds of things that, that he does, and he's just a fantastic player and, uh, you know, not it's not just the big swings and everything. He, he gets our dugout going. He gets our clubhouse going and, and together, um, you know, we, we can do a lot of good things when, uh, when he's out there. It was a, it was a nice day for him uh, on Father's Day. Rocco Baldelli there talking about Byron Buxton, of course, returning to the Twins lineup. And welcome in to Talking Twins, a Mackie and Judd production. Zolgad, Jake DePew, as always. Uh, Declan Goff, executive producing, as always. And uh, Jake, I want to start with Byron Buxton, uh, who, who came back and was great. He, I mean, he has had, a, he has had an all-star year. He's going to be, whether he's voted in, or picked, he's going to be the Twins representative at the All-Star Game in Colorado, and he deserves to be. But I've given this a lot of thought, and like we can go through the weird permeations of why he didn't play in Seattle. Did, did they sit him too long? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff we don't know um, that we could certainly get into. But I want to start with this as a new way to frame this entire conversation up. Byron Buxton, if he feels he can play in a baseball game, unless he has a concussion. So I, I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about taking chances with the brain, but body wise, if he if he has a sore hip, clearly his hip still hurts. I think if you're the twins, you now have to come to the conclusion that if he is 65 percent or more in your mind healthy, he needs to play. And here's why he's not young. So like you're not protecting. The, oh, my God, this kid's 22. Are you going to play him and take that chance? He's a veteran player. Um, he also is a guy now who has a skill set that even if part of this, the skill set is missing is better than the majority of your players because he can come in, for instance, hit home runs. So like this whole notion of 100%, it's not only ridiculous, it's unnecessary. Like what's the downside? And if he gets hurt again, he's hurt all the time. So explain to me after what we saw in Texas uh, over the weekend, what is the upside to trying to to get him to 100% when he's better than the majority, if not all of your players, at let's say 70%? Yeah, so first of all, let me just start off. Um, I'm losing my voice a little bit. I had uh, quite a weekend. I got after it a little a little bit too hard. So Proud if you wanted... <laughs> so if you wanted to hear less of my voice on, your, on this podcast, today's your lucky day. Um, but yeah, so as far as... Buxton, I would agree with you. I think as long as, like you said, it's not a head issue. If he feels like he can play and there isn't some glaring injury where they just say, you know, you're, you're going to shatter a, a bone or, um, you know, your hip is going to get displaced or whatever by playing, he should be out there because like you said, it's not just about his speed anymore. You know, I mean, he is hitting for power. He's hitting for average, like defensively, even if he's only 70% or 75%, he is a huge upgrade over anybody else that you can put out there right now. Uh, so I, you know, I know there was a lot made of that clip uh, of him running down the first baseline really slowly in that rehab game. It certainly didn't look good, obviously. I would also say the fact that the first baseman juggled that made it look a lot worse than it was. And I think if probably if you took some other clips from that game, it would show him running a lot better than how he was running down the first baseline. So um, we need to, view that with a little bit of context. But yeah, I mean, 
this obsession with wanting to get players to 100%, I think has just gone too far with the Twins. I really do. Like, I agree with what Royce said. Like, for a veteran ball player, there is no such thing as 100% when you're in the middle of the season. You know, like, these guys fight through stuff all the time, and, and I get the rationale of wanting to make sure guys are healthy, and, and that does make some sense. But I think the Twins have gone too far in that direction. Yep. I really do. Uh, and I think the whole thing with Buxton flying him out to Seattle and he seemed like, you know, he, he wanted to play, he obviously wanted to play and the twins weren't letting him. And then he, they finally let him and he has an amazing series in Texas. Like it's a perfect example of this, like let the guy play. He's not going to be a hundred percent as soon as opening day hits, you know, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Most position players aren't going to be a hundred percent. They need, if they say they can play, they should be out there playing. Again, unless it's a head issue. Sure, sure. But the thing I, I don't like, too, is this. I, I think the Twins actually cause more problems with a guy like Buxton by saying, well, if you can't go full tilt, we're not going to play you, which with his competitive nature causes him to go full tilt sometimes when he shouldn't. Like if, if he flat out would told you, hey, Jake, I, I'm at a point now where I can play, but my hip hurts a little bit. Um, so if I hit a ground ball to first base, I'm going to start a jog. I'd be like, okay, cool, that's fine. Yep. Like, like that's. But it feels like the Twins challenge a guy like that to be like, if you can't fly down the line, and I get it, him flying down the line is a difference-making play. So I'm not saying that you don't want that. You do want that. But the skill set is so damn high that if he tells you, you know what, today I can play, but I don't feel the greatest in the world, and and you know what, if I bounce if I bounce the ball to second base, I'll run, but I'm not going to run like I ordinarily run. I feel like that causes the Twins to be like, oh my God, then you just can't play, where they should be like, oh, okay. I, the, the ground ball that he, that was a bang-bang play early in the game on Sunday, to me, was the perfect example because Buxton, to his credit, flew down the line. And as he got to first base, he did a crow hop. And it was it was pretty clear that something bugged him, like he just tweaked it. And you know what? That's going to happen. Um, but he bolted away from, from first base coach Tommy Watkins so quick and ran out to his position because he didn't want to deal with Rocco and Watkins being like, are you okay, man? Are you all right? I just feel that the twins are actually making things worse through through this. If you're not completely healthy, you can't play. That's in sports. That's what we like to call nonsense. Yeah, it does. It. I agree. It, it's gone way too far. And you saw it with Kenta Maeda when he fielded that comebacker oh. uh, in that game. It's not like he was like grimacing. <laughs> it's yes. not like. He wasn't grimacing. Maybe he stretched out like slightly, but you know, rock when the trainer came racing out and Maeda had a smile on his face. Like, no, I'm fine. We saw that with Barrios earlier in the series too, where he took a comeback or I think off the foot and like immediately pointed to the dugout and put his hands up. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I think we saw that with Tyler Duffy a couple of weeks ago. Like he started laughing too, just like Maeda did. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's become almost a joke in that clubhouse. Um, but there, I mean, Look, I get wanting to protect players. I really do. I'm on the side of protecting players to a certain extent, but this is professional sports. It's baseball. These guys play through stuff. If they tell you they're okay, you you got to let them play, fight through stuff. Like, that's just the way it works. Um, and so with Buxton, you know, I think they're pissing him off. You know, I really do. I think between 2018, when they manipulated the service time, uh, and, and, you know, by not calling him up in September, he was very pissed about that. Between that and now... Uh, you know, not playing him when he wants to play. I think if they want to sign him to a long-term deal, you know, ultimately money talks. And if they give him what he wants, I'm sure he'd sign. But I don't think, and this is just my opinion. I, I, 
not reporting anything, but I don't think they're probably on great terms right now. The front office in Buxton, it seems like they keep annoying him. Uh, and certainly with the 2018 thing, I don't blame him. And the fact that he looked so good in this series over the weekend, I mean, he was flying down the line, flying down the line. Yep. Like that tells me that he, he was probably ready to go, uh, you know, a few days before, uh, before they finally activated him. I mean, he looked great in his rehab. He hit what two home runs, a double in his rehab, or I think a triple as well. Um, like this is, I, I think they're going too far. I really do. I, again, I'm, I'm with Royce. Like there is no such thing as a hundred percent when you're in the middle of the grind, this guy wants to play. He's your best player, mm-hmm. put him out there and let him fight through some things. And that's the deal with Maeda. It's the deal with uh, Barrios, like all these guys. It, it's just, it seems like the kid gloves are on, not just for Buxton, but for everybody on the roster almost. And I just, I, I don't understand. And I don't think it's working. In Buxton's case, I think that you're right with that assessment because they are now actively potentially costing him money. Um, right. Because he's now, I, I mean, I'm sure there's been, conversations in the Buxton camp that we should break the bank here. And the more that the twins are like, yeah, but you can't play right now. And they're like, no, we can play. But they're like, but you're not completely healthy. And they're saying, okay, if he's not completely healthy, he's still a really good ball player. He's a great player. And, and the perception that is going to be out there if, and when he hits the market. And I understand, I do think he, he'll get paid by somebody, but there's going to be more and more teams who are like, but dude, you didn't play, you know, games played, look at the games played. And he's going to say, but I could have played an X amount. Um, I might not have been completely healthy, but I could have played. So I, I think you're on to something with the fact that the entire Buxton camp would be annoyed. And I would like to know what happened behind the scenes this time as far as what got him back on Friday, because Rocco was a long way, like like he pivoted from still really can't run to, okay, now we saw today he's great, which I don't buy. Um, but I'd like to know who's making the decisions here, and I'd like to know wh- what the process is, because it, it all comes back to Rocco, which might be fair, but it might not be fair. I'd love to know how this is playing out, um, but I definitely think they're being so cautious with a guy who who I think is just downright embarrassed as well that he doesn't play a lot uh, becomes a big factor here. And we are, we have turned a corner where contractually this is going to hurt him because there's definitely some potential suitors that are going to use this against him. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm sure that's motivating his you know, displeasure with the twins that, that he's going to hit free agency soon. And he has another year of arbitration and you get judged in arbitration based on, you know, how many home runs you hit and how many games you play, like this stuff matters. Um, And I I do wonder if maybe they're protecting him because they want to trade him. I I, I thought, uh, yeah, I think it's at least a possibility um, that, you know, they want him healthy for a possible trade. I would personally would not trade Buxton, but uh, I mean, unless the return was just absolutely overwhelming. Um, but th- that's a possibility, but, but this has been a theme, you know, it's been a theme over the last couple of years. And I don't think, I think Rocco plays a role in it, but he's not a doctor. He's not making medical decisions, right? Like this has to be beyond just Rocco. It's gotta be the, the training staff and the front. This has, to, they always use the word collaborative, right? This has to be a collaborative decision, but, um, yeah, I just think, as I said, I, I think the kid gloves, it's just, it's gone too far. And the fact that, again, he was, I mean, it was like 31.2 feet a second per second or whatever. Like he was absolutely flying. Um, if he, if this is him at, 
at 90% or whatever, like that's more than good enough, you know? So I'm of the opinion that if he says he can play uh, and there's no obvious significant medical issue, right. then you got to put him out there. You got to put him I out. I agree. There. I agree completely. All right. Four game win streak. Now I've started to see it on Twitter. Some fans are like, well, wow, this could be, and R- Rocco's out there saying we got all our guys back now, or we got a bunch of our guys back now. Um, Josh is hurt, hurt again with a calf, so he's not back. He's out, in fact. But anyway, Texas stinks. I hate to be a downer here, but the Rangers stink. You swept them. Good for you. That's awesome. Uh, but I, I, the downside to this is I hope this does not discourage the team from doing what they absolutely have to do, which is dumping off parts. In some cases, I still contend as soon as possible. Andrelton Simmons is fun to watch at short a lot. I get all of that, folks. But I want Polanco back at short, and I want your guy, Nick Gordon, playing a lot more right now. I hope this doesn't dissuade them if they go on a little run here from making the moves they need to make to be a better ball club in 2022 or 2023 if we don't play baseball in 22 this just this stuff starts to make me nervous because i don't know how front offices and teams are going to interpret this i interpret this as almost nothing other than certain guys roleblaze for instance potentially driving up their value by by looking better than they maybe did previously is that fair yeah, I, yeah well so what I would say is I don't think it will. I, I, I think they're going to sell them. I, I mean, barring some 15-game winning streak or something like that, if they go on a little mini run here where they win 10 of 12 or 15 of 19, that's not going to be enough. Because if you look at the track record of this front office, they've been very hesitant to buy and really go all in. But what they're not at all hesitant to do is sell. Huh. In 2017, they sold and made the playoffs. In 2018, they were making a little run. They were like seven games back of first. On, in late July, and they sold, you know, they traded Dozier um, and Fernando Rodney and, and Escobar. So they have, they've shown a willingness to sell for sure. They just haven't shown a willingness to buy. Um, so I would, again, barring some huge, you know, money ball, like, you know, Oakland A's money ball, 2002, 20 game winning streak, that type of run. I, I don't think there's any question they're, they're selling. And I think the comments that have come out from Valvin Levine, uh, they don't explicitly say it, but it's made pretty clear. Uh, they've made pretty clear that that they're going to sell. So I wouldn't be worried about that. I really wouldn't. Um, what I would be worried about is giving playing time to guys like Andrelton Simmons, uh, who sh- who should be a bench guy right now. There's no reason Andrelton Simmons should be playing every day because if you want to move him, the only thing that that can happen is he gets hurt. Yep. You know, he's not going to like, we know what the bat is and we know what the glove is. Like there's, there's no surprises with, Andrelton Simmons. So why not play Nick Gordon, whether it's at second base and moving Polanco to short um, or, or play a right, you know, there's all sorts of mixing and matching you can do, but you should be playing your young guys. Andrelton Simmons should not be playing every day anymore. I, I really don't understand why he is because um, they're going to move him and you don't want him getting hurt. He has ankle issues. So he should be playing two or three times a week. Yes. And move him as soon as possible. You don't need, yeah. you don't need to take him up to July 30th. Move him. I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get for him. There's not going to be this big, huge market, unless I'm totally wrong. He has value. He's going to potentially help a playoff contender, uh, but get him to that team as as soon as possible. And the one thing about the Texas series, I think, that frustrated me a bit was Nick Gordon, who stuck, and that's good. Ostadio should have gone down. He did. Nick Gordon didn't. But, you know, Nick Gordon had 
He has to play. There's no reason not to find a place. You can find out right now what you have, and you're not going to do it by acting like your club is good. Nick Gordon, you know, he's just a backup one. No, get him out there. Get him out there three times per week. Um, Give him at-bats. Yeah, three or four times. But the point being is, you know, put him at second. That's fine. A little bit of short. I don't care where. I really don't care where he plays. But he's the type of guy who needs to, to play and to trot out continually these lineups that indicate everything's normal. We're going to put our A A team out there, right? Um, which is Simmons at short, Nelson Cruz, DH. That's not productive now. Like, that's no longer productive. What's productive is to find out what you have. Now, the one thing that I will applaud is Ostadia being sent down. Because I was beginning to think they weren't going to do that. And there is, I mean, God bless him. I'm sure he's a great guy. He seems like the guys love him. And I do think he is a nice player on a good team because, you know, he provides clubhouse humor. Uh, But all of that being said, the 2021 Twins don't need a guy like that. They need guys that they can find out about as soon as possible. So that's my rant is I don't want this winning streak or pop of success, especially when it comes against a another crappy team to alter the philosophy of anybody whose decision matters. Rocco Falvey Levine. Yeah. And I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Max Kepler. Obviously Kepler needs to play because I think they might be showcasing him for a trade uh, because you have Larnick and Kirloff now who are basically the same player as Kepler, more or less left-handed bats, you know, corner outfield bats. Yep. Um, they're being paid a fraction of what Kepler's paid. Uh, and they have, you know, six years or whatever of team control. So I would not be surprised at all if the Twins look to move Max Kepler because they they have built-in replacements now, Larnick and Kirilov, and th- those guys should be playing every day. But um, so, you know, you can you can put Kirilov at first, and, and Sano won't get as many at-bats, which is kind of what they've been doing since Kepler came back. But if Kepler puts together a good month here or so, yep. I would not be at all surprised if they move him to a team like the Rays. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And as far as first base goes, um, I would also move Cruz as soon as I possibly could. Again, you have a he's a really nice player when he's going well, but he's he, I believe on July 1st, is going to turn 41. And and because he can be traded based or not basically, he can be traded only within the American League because <clears throat> our guy Manfred didn't adopt the, the DH for the National League. Uh, I want to move Cruz as soon as possible because what you could do then is move Kirloff to first base full-time. And if if you DH Sano, I don't care now. I mean, that's fine. I, I don't give a damn. So that's another move that can be made pretty easily because your opening day first baseman is Kirloff. Right. Like he needs to be that guy. I I don't I don't think he's good enough in a corner outfield spot to justify regular time out there. And I think he'll be a more than adequate first baseman. He can make some plays in the outfield, but he's not great. Yeah, I mean, I think in 2022, Miguel Sano is probably your DH. 
<laughs> Although, I mean, based I mean, on might the numbers, be gone for playing, um, he, he, yeah, I mean, it, he has like a 670 OPS. So, um, but, you know, I, th- I think you're right. I think Kirilov will be probably the opening day first baseman in 2022. It depends what they do with Kepler. That'll matter. But um, I agree. He's not he's not great in the field. Larnick is, is definitely, I think, superior in the field. So I would put him out there over Kirilov. Mm-hmm. But Kirilov is fine at first base. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he could play there. Absolutely. All right. You put together what I'm, I think is going to be a very depressing but yet intriguing. Yeah. So stay tuned. You put together a list of, of the Falvey-Levine off-season moves. Um, now, we've talked about these separately quite a bit. And it was, it's pretty much been a disaster, but put together the whole puzzle because it involves more names and players than we talk about on a regular basis, including Lamont Wade, who, by the way, props to you, you were high on last year or the last couple of years. Whenever I've talked to you, Judd, this goes Judd, way I was back. high. It's 2017. Okay. This goes back to 2017 okay. and my old mo- my old mining the miners column on yeah. 1500 ESPN. But I mean, to, yeah. to your credit, you were, and they gave him away and now they got nothing for him. So, so give me the list that you put together of the uh, moves that have for the most part, all backfired. Yeah. So we've, like you said, we've been talking about all of these kind of in isolation. And so I wanted to really look at the whole picture to see has this off season been, or was this off season as bad as, as we've made it out to be. And when you look at it all, it paints a pretty damning picture for this front office and what they did in the offseason. All right, so we'll start with position players. Who did they bring in? They brought in Cruz. That was a good signing, right? No no objection there. Cruz was good. Then they brought in Andrelton Simmons. Simmons, I think, has been a disappointment. His bat has been about what it is. It's been a little bit worse than what it's been over his career. I think the glove has still been good. Certainly the, the metrics will tell you the glove has been good. He has made a, he's booted balls. He's made a lot of throwing errors. He made a really big error on opening day. I think the glove, I'm still impressed with him defensively, but I think it's been a little bit of a disappointment based on the expectations that I had. Um, so when you combine that with all the COVID stuff, right? So I don't like to speculate on COVID. So let's just deal in facts. He stated on Twitter, he's not getting the vaccine. Yep. He, after the twins, mostly, most of the players got vaccinated. A few days later, he tested positive. A few days after that, they had an outbreak and had to cancel games on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying Simmons for sure was the cause of that outbreak, but certainly that's, you know, his testing positive uh, has been detrimental to that team. And that outbreak was a huge factor. So I think when you combine the bat being bad, the defense being maybe not quite as good and the COVID stuff, I don't think he's been anywhere close to the 10.5 million that they signed him for. I think, he, right? I think go ahead. Just- Quickly, I think he gets to a ton of balls that most guys don't. Like yes, his his yes. range is spectacular. Uh, the glove the glove is good. It's not as good as I thought, but the arm is phenomenal. Um, and on a good team, he would fit perfectly. But you bring up the intangible thing, which I think can't be dismissed. And and I do think that there's an untold story here that the Twins and and teams across sports are not going to want out, which is vaccinated guys versus non vaxxed guys, and that goes b- beyond. Simmons, that goes to locker rooms and chemistry and political beliefs, religious beliefs, right? So I do think that there are some teams that that probably has played a big role for. Um, but has have the Twins achieved what they thought they would when they signed him? No, absolutely not. Not even close. Yep. So I, I would say that was probably not a good signing, um, although I agreed with it at the time. All right. Mm-hmm. So they brought those guys in. You could look at fringe guys like Ref Snyder and uh, and Kyle Garlick, I guess, have contributed in spurts. But but those were the two big position players they brought in. Right. 
who did they who did they get rid of? Right. So one of the big themes, one of the big themes of this season has been how many different guys have played center field with Buxton out, right? And we hear that all the time. This is our seventh guy, their eight, you know, whatever, playing center field. Well, they got rid of two really good players who could play center field. Akil Badu. Akil Badu was a legit prospect all through the minor leagues. They didn't protect all they had to do was give him a 40 man spot. They didn't do that. Detroit drafted him in the rule five. Akil Badu leads Detroit in OPS. He's their best hitter. He's their best hitter. He's starting in center field for them. He, there's a, Judd, Judd, you can make a legitimate case. He will be the Tigers' all-star representative. That's how good he's been. I hope he is. Good for him. They got rid of him. for. They just let him go. They traded Lamont Way Jr., who has an 814 OPS. He's hitting leadoff in a lot of games for San Francisco, who has the best record in the National League. Yes. They, got, they traded him for Sean Anderson who they've since DFA'd, okay? To put that in context, those two guys, 853 OPS for Badu, 814 for Wade, there are only three players on the Twins, Cruz, Trevor Larnick, and Buxton, who have a higher OPS than those two guys, right? Um, so, you know, they got rid of those guys for nothing. So when we talk about all the guys they've had to put in center field that shouldn't be there, and that's the reason for, you know, the season's gone so badly, well, yeah, that's partly true, but it's also true that they – they just let go of two really solid players for nothing. Yeah. So that's bad. All right. So <laughs> that's real the, bad. It is. It's real bad. Uh, so then that's the position player side. Now you get to the pitching, which is even worse. They committed $10 million to Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker, who have ERAs respectively of 6.12 for Happ and 7.57 for Shoemaker. That's been a disaster. They signed Randy Dobnik to, a, I think it was like $9.25 million contract. He has a 7.83 ERA. Yes. I'm still high, a little higher on Dobnik than you are, Judd. I think he can be a serviceable fifth starter, but clearly he's been bad this year. And that contract extension right now does not look good. So they committed a lot of money to three guys who have ERAs over six. That's really bad. They brought in uh, Colome. We don't even need to talk about Colome. Everybody knows the story there. Um, Shouldn't be on the team anymore. That's the story. They Right. They traded for Sean Anderson, who was DFA'd. Uh, they signed Hansel Robles. Robles is, I think, we got to be fair. Robles, yes. for $2 million, he's lived up to that contract yes. for sure. He's been pretty good. He's a high-wire act. He walks a ton right. of guys, but his, his ERA is under three. That was a fine signing. Agreed. And then they, they brought in all of these guys and where they touted their depth, right? We have so much depth. We have unbelievable depth, all right? Derek Law, 8.53 ERA, DFA'd. Brandon Waddell, 11.25 ERA, DFA'd after he pitched the 10th inning and gave up a bunch of runs uh, earlier this year. Yeah, I was at that game. Sean Anderson, DFA'd. Juan Manaya, DFA'd. The only guy that they brought in that's done well is Luke Farrell, right? So the, the bullpen has been a disaster in terms of the guys they brought in. Who did they let go? Zach Littell. They DFA'd Zach Littell for really no reason at the end of last year. He cleared waivers. They could have still kept him. They could have re-signed him. The Giants signed him to a minor league deal. He's been really good with the Giants. He's opened a bunch of games for them, and he's their, like, seventh and eighth inning guy on a great team, right? He has a 3.43 ERA, but that's basically all due to one disastrous outing other than one outing uh, where he gave up four runs, and I think they didn't record an out. Other than that, He's been spectacular, and they're using him late in games or as an opener. They got rid of him for nothing. They also let, if you really want to get nitpicky, Tyler Wells was a guy they didn't protect. Uh, they could have given him a 40-man spot. The Orioles drafted him in the Rule 5. He has an 11. He strikes out 11 guys for nine innings. He has a whip of around one. He's not walking anybody. His ERA isn't that great, 4.13, but um, clearly a guy who they wish still had. they still had in their system. So when you add all of this up, 
I mean, they whiffed on almost everyone with the exception of Robles and Cruz. Like they whiffed on everyone that they gave big money to and they let a bunch of guys go for nothing who are having good years and could have really helped them. Yep. It was, it's been a disaster. Like I'm so, this is just a, like, I don't know how you can really argue against this. I, you know, like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm spinning this that much. Like these are just guys they let go who are having great years and guys they brought in who are having terrible years. It, it's been a disaster of an off season and it's played a big role in why the twins are where they are, which causes real concerns. And this actually goes back a few years to ability to evaluate talent, especially, especially plug in plug in guys. So not stars, but you know, bullpen guys that can help you versus guys that are going to come in and blow, blow up. And to your point, Jake, you're going to DFA them almost immediately. Like if you look at how many, how many Akil Badus have the twins brought in themselves, right? Right. With, with right. this group. And, you know, the the fascination, for instance, with Ostadio or with Jake Cave, um, I just don't understand it. Like, there's this, we can't lose Jake Cave. Really? Like, I'd rather take a chance on a player like Badu than keep Jake Cave. Um, it, it just, you know, the thing that I will say in watching Lamont Wade Jr. last year, a bunch when he was here. And the thing that I liked about him, and this goes beyond his on-the-field performance, but in the locker room and talking to him and watching him play, you could tell he was super smart. Like, he was a mm-hmm. headsy baseball player. Like, the, the exact type of guy who you want on your bench, because he's going to follow along very closely, be situationally aware uh, he can play first and the outfield. Like he brings a lot of tools that are ideal for a guy playing his role. Um, and he probably can help teammates too. Like just things like that. He's not comic relief. He's actually a real baseball player who approaches it. He, he probably has the brain of a regular and he, he might have the abilities of a guy who can play on a semi regular basis. And you would think a guy like Rocco or Fowley would see that and be like, okay, there's, there's more here than we've gotten so far. Exactly. Um, and but this is what I don't understand. So we're not talking about just pure talent here because because, you know, the Buxtons are few and far between and God bless them. They're fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. But nothing personal against Jake Cave. OK, but like if I grade Jake Cave and what he brings from just my observations and Lamont Wade, I'm keeping Lamont Wade. Um, And this is not personal. These are the type of decisions that play a rather large role over the course of a full season. So we talked about this last week. Intelligence matters in everything. It does, it matters in sports. It matters in everything, right? Does it in sports, does it supersede just pure athletic ability? Of course not. But I do think it matters. And with a guy like Lamont Wade Jr., who is, like you said, kind of a fourth outfielder bench type guy, if you're smart and you know your own game and you work hard to get good at multiple defensive positions like he did. Cause like you said, he can play first base as well as all three outfield spots. That makes a difference. And I, I think that intelligence contributed to him taking great at bats, his on base percentage going back to college is always in the 380 to 400 range. Um, I talked to him a bunch in the minors and a few times when he was in the big leagues, he's a really intelligent guy. And like you said, Falvey and Levine and Rocco, they're smart guys. And you would think when you're comparing players of similar talent like Cave and Wade that you would, and nothing against Jake Cave, but you would think you would take that into account that Lamont Wade Jr. seems like he's a really hard worker and a really smart guy. I'm not saying Cave isn't, but like 
that stuff matters. And Wade Jr. had it. And I don't understand giving him away for nothing. Right. I just, that, so I, I mean, I rant about this on Twitter all the time. It's obviously, he's like my guy and I loved him in the minors. And, but he's now getting a chance to finally play and he's earning playing time on a really good team. So what does that tell you? You know, um, and, and Badu is the same thing. Badu is a smart guy. You, you hear interviews with him. He's really well-spoken. It's clear, you know, he's obviously a hard worker and yes. he's making the most of it. I mean, he's got it. He leads the Tigers in OPS in his rookie year, you know, like they just gave these guys away, man. And like it's a 40 man roster. Like this, this is not, I'm sorry. This is not that difficult. Right. Like right. Jake cave, expose him. Okay. Gets to, okay. Bye. Exactly. Like, you know I mean, what you've got. So. Exactly. I mean, and again, with Badu, it was the same with Nick Anderson a couple of years ago. They didn't even have to add him to the 26 man, just the 40 man, you know, like that. There are so many of these French relievers that I was just talking about, you know, the, the Sean Anderson's and Derek laws and of the world, you know, you can't get rid of one of those guys to keep a position player like Badu or Wade jr. That has real potential. I just, I, those were first guesses to me, you know, yeah. signing Andrelton Simmons that didn't work out. I was for that signing. You know, I was fine with signing Jay Happ. Like, and so those me, are yeah. second, and Colin May. Yeah, so I those agree. are second guesses. But there were some clear first guesses that they just they just botched. I'd they al- just botched. I'd also say first or second guess. It's their job not to whiff on on the entire list that you just gave us. Like right. you're paid. You're right. paid. We're paid to analyze and talk about your moves and what's a good move and what might be a bad move. It's your job to say. You know what? Column A, something might be up there. Like the White Sox are allowing him to walk away. Why? And and look, we're not paid to do that. Like you have intelligence and ability to make phone calls that we don't, which is cool. That's fine. Um, and if you had just given me a list and they had whiffed on two guys, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's that's gonna happen. But you just gave us an entire list, young and old, that they whiffed on. And and the Simmons move is a whiff because of a lot of the other trickle-down moves that you just gave us that were whiffs. Like, the Simmons move is a, it's it's the it's the icing on the cake or the decoration in the cake. Hey, here's a shortstop. He's good. Plug him in. Hey, we're set to go, right? But when the cake is falling apart below it, the Simmons move does not work. So I just think it's really telling when you go through that list to see how much, because it goes so far beyond one or two moves, and it also goes right. to guys that we probably didn't even really consider, that it's it's Falvey and Levine's job to not only consider them, but, you know, in Badu's case, have him on the the 40-man roster. Um, in in Wade's case, you know, be like, okay, Jake Cave or Astadia, okay, they're gone, that's too bad. Like that's their entire job. And it's just, it's crossed a line to me where it's become really intriguing to talk about the amount of misses because this is exactly what you were trying to guard against when you hired them. And now it seems like it's mounting and now, now it's seen, now it's too much. Now it's, it's definitely concerning. And listen, when you, when you combine that with sell, you know, a misevaluation in 2017 where they sold, they, they traded away their closer and then made the playoffs uh, 2019, not getting a starter the mismanagement in the playoffs in 2019 and 2020. I, I still like them overall. Um, but th- these are not unfair criticisms that we're making. These right. are not cheap shots because as much as we praise them, I, you know, 
I praised them effusively in 2019 and 20 overall. I, I criticized them as you guys did for the playoff moves and not getting a starter. But overall, I thought I thought they did a very good job. But like, if you're going to praise them, then you also have to criticize them when everything goes wrong. And like, if this was a different mark, you know, the Red Sox, they fired Dave Dombrowski in the middle of the next season after they won the World Series. Yep, They won the World Series in 20, 2018. Yep. And they fired him in, I believe, September 2019. So like, I'm not saying they should be fired. I would certainly give them another year or two to see if they can develop pitching for sure. But like, these are not unreasonable conversations that we're having. They had a horrible offseason. They missed on basically everyone, and they let guys go for nothing that have become solid players. It's not unfair to point these things out about public figures. That's the end of my rant. Amen. All right. I think we're done here. Great stuff, though, man. Great. That, that's a great list. Like it's a, it, it's not a great list. It's very sad and pathetic. <laughs> um, and and it, it's put a huge buzzkill on our summer. But anyway, that that list in a nutshell is a big reason why I don't think a four game win streak three against Texas matters. All right, Jake. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Declan. Thanks to everybody who watched. And uh, Brad Ratke, if you're watching this on video, says goodbye as well. See ya. All right. See you, Brad. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.